Welcome to Parley, the Hindu's weekly discussion podcast. I am G. Anath Krishnan, your host for today. We will be discussing today the proposal to have open book examinations as a way out of the dilemma posed by the COVID-19 pandemic on whether to conduct a final year examination for college students. Are open book examinations an idea whose time has come? Is the Indian system oriented towards such a pattern? We will be exploring these and other dimensions to a system that is in vogue in some countries such as the United States. I am joined by Professor Ramakrishna Ramaswamy and Professor Yoginder K. Alag. Professor Ramaswamy is visiting professor at the Department of Chemistry, IIT Delhi. He taught at the Jawaharlal Nehru University earlier and has served as Vice-Chancellor, University of Hyderabad. Professor Yoginda K. Alag is an economist and former Vice-Chancellor of Jawaharlal Nehru University. So we can start with the context. Do we need uh, a final examination at this point in time when we have this uh, whole problem? I, I think that, uh, you know, given the scale of Delhi University alone, I mean, if you just talk about the open book exam for Delhi University, given the size and scale of Delhi University, uh, they have to think of some way of evaluation, especially to give credible degrees to students at this time. But uh, this open book format may not be the wisest one for them right now. Uh, okay, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's a complicated issue because university final exams are usually hugely centralized. Whereas the teaching, of course, is decentralized. Um, you know, if you insist on having a centralized exam, then you will have to come up with some solution like this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the question to ask is, do we really need a centralized exam when you are going through the crisis of a pandemic? So what do you think? I personally think that it is not necessary. Uh, the students are all students of individual colleges and individual teachers. Uh, for this particular crisis, I think that the, uh, I mean, the solutions have to be, have to factor in the local, uh, you know, what the students have done and so on and so forth. All right. Um, Okay, it's a, you know, I, I am a believer at least in decentralization because education finally is something that, uh, you know, a teacher interacts with a student and it is taught in a very local manner. Uh, so, you know, especially for a crisis that we are going through, um, trying to find a solution like this uh, is insensitive. Uh, there are many, many students without access to the internet. There are, uh, even even in a small interaction like this, you can see that uh, the digital divide plays out very, very easily, uh, even, you know, among big cities, uh, let alone to the smaller kinds of, uh, lo you know, locations where students have all been sent. So, I personally don't think that, um, you know, that, I think that we need to figure out a more humane way of evaluating students this year. In the long run, we can come up with other solutions, but then please let us come up with them in the long run. Professor Alag, 
would you like to weigh in now you see as far as uh, doing it with in delhi university itself is concerned i don't think there will be a few students who will face problems because delhi also has religious denomination college and they give uh, admission to poorer students and they may not have facilities with which to join the examination systems that are being taught that are being thought of but more generally i think it's a good idea to move over to an open book examination system but open book examination systems need different kinds of educational systems i mean when we were studying abroad at the university of pennsylvania we used to have open book examination systems the professor the professor would come once every hour he would leave the book with you and the questions but that needs an entire different educational system our whole educational system is oriented toward giving uh, uh, you know virtually giving answers guidebooks so the student prepares and virtually goes and repeats he gets on the other hand you are now talking of if you have a non book examination system it has to be based on an educational style which encourages uh thinking with uh, with the book is only something you begin with but you are basically supposed to be uh supposed to be thinking out your answer as you sit there now this is a dali different ball act so i think it's a good idea to move over to open book examination systems but you can't do it without reforming the educational system if you have the educational system which is there at present where you go and repeat you prepare for uh, um fits of course or five of course have to answer you question and you come back now there to the open books the little uh, is is not quite correct it's a good idea but it needs for uh planning it needs a change in the educational system what is the positive for an open book system i mean what is it that is uh, good about it that is not available otherwise and gave you the example where i have taught for many years uh we have had open book exams um as well as uh, like professor alert points out frequently when you study abroad open books are uh, open book exams are not uncommon and he is absolutely right you need to change the educational pattern uh, a little what we have done frequently in jnu uh, i have taught physics over there is to have an open book as well as open notes but these have to be reasonably closely monitored namely this allows the student to prepare for an exam and come without having to rely on memory right and so this memorization of of things that is so that professor alag also alluded to that you read a, a guide book and you just memorize everything and come and spill it out that is that fear of that of forgetting something like that is just removed from the student but 
an open book exam goes with a different style of teaching and the exam itself has to be administered to a small classroom. It, it's not something that you can think of applying to 20,000 students. Big books will be allowed. Like when I give a course and I say that the, the exam will be a, an open book exam, I tell them that these are the books that are permitted and you can bring your class notes if you like and that's it. Okay, so the open book is very good for removing the anxiety of forgetting, you know, I forget whether it's a plus or a minus, I forget whether there's some, you know, whether, whether the constant is 137 or 137.1 or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Right? Uh, but, you know, I, I cannot agree more with what Professor Alex said. You have to change the system. And if in the future we have a reform of the system, that would be a very welcome thing. But the reform that I want is that I would really uh, push for is that start trusting the universities a little more. The UGC should not be telling the universities to go for an either an open book or a multiple choice or an online or what have you. Let the university take a decision based on its resources, its capacities, and its location. I mean, a, 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 an answer for a university which is a small university in New Delhi cannot be the same as the answer for a very small university, let us say, in Koraput, in Orissa. Um, you know, because open, open uh, book and online in one place means something very different. And an open book exam history or in uh, economics could mean something very different from an open book exam in physics or in biology. So leave it to the university. Just look, start trusting people a little more. But do we have uh, enough expertise, uh, you know, because it's a completely new system, that, uh, as, as I can see. So, I mean, how do we start? How long does it take to get there? And what do we do? Look, we keep on saying that, you know, we are great rocket scientists, right? We can send things to Mars. I mean, how difficult is it to sit and try to reform the, the you know, this pattern? It's not that difficult if you're willing to let go of, you know, total control. So, uh, Professor Alam? If you want to introduce a system of this kind, then you want to do a lot of preparation. Yes. And it depends on the university, the preparation it has made. Uh, you can't really, simply because there's a COVID crisis, and you are not able to herd in the students to an examination hall. You say, let us have an open book examination. Or you have an examination from home, for example. Now, it is this kind of thing which can lead to a lot of chaos. Hmm. As I said, for one thing, even assuming, I mean, Delhi University, for example, it is true that most of the students will have access to... Not uh, computers and tops and all the rest of it. But, but not all of them. The poorest ones will not. And uh, to introduce this kind of a system, because you are facing a problem, you introduce a radical change, 
all of a sudden without preparation i think that's really asking for chaos frankly rather than helping out the system as a whole yeah so uh, i mean we we need a road map obviously as uh, you know professor ramasamy was also saying we need a, some kind of a road map to uh, move to this uh, with academic autonomy i mean that's what essentially you're saying no you see the thing is ananta on every front we are asking we we are asked to be atmanirbhar okay can we also be atmanirbhar at the university level let the university faculty take a decision on how to do this we all realize that we are going through a very difficult patch there is a crisis and you know we are we are not going to be able to return to normal for a while so if you start giving a little more responsibility to the university vice chancellors i believe that they will each come up with solutions which are appropriate for their own universities but uh, i i just like to go back to what you said a little while earlier about uh, you know the difference between let's say delhi and korapur yes so then uh, you know there have to be essentially two systems because uh, we are talking here about like you said digital divide and uh, you know so what can be the you know kind of differentiation that's feasible as we have it today without creating you know inequities in outcomes you know students in different places look uh, and just one second professor alag before you go on this uh, see there are always going to be differences but centralized control of a matter like education is not such a great idea right because the whole purpose of education is actual learning and it is not examination by itself the worries that you know people will get fraudulent degrees and so on and so forth even with this existing system people are getting fraudulent degrees so if you want to actually change over to something for the purpose of improving the system all i'm saying is that do some you know take measures which will address difficult issues separate and take measures that will improve the overall system over a slightly longer period but if you control everything from delhi it will not in fact it cannot work prasalan well you know really the heart of the game as ram is saying is to give autonomy in an educational system because as you said korapur is different from delhi but autonomy does not mean irresponsibility so the whole question of introducing accountability is something which is a complex matter some or the other at present what we think is that accountability means that the teacher has to be accountable the karmachari has to be accountable but the registrar or the vice chancellor doesn't have to be accountable the state education department doesn't have to be accountable msa in delhi doesn't have to be accountable so that is the thing that creates this chaos we are not really uh, uh, i mean you know budgets are not even sanctioned 
until the education year is well into way what is the problem what is the point of talking about accountability when a vaishyasthra doesn't even know by april how much of money he is going to get from the government of india or the state government not all of them have got reserves so the poor man apart from handling his academic problem chart of a fairly um intense nature in a university you know people are very active teachers students uh parents he has also to worry about the financial side now we don't really lay out the budgets in advance so we will talk about control now that then becomes completely inconsistent with the practice of a good educational system or for example moving over to an open book examination system an open book examination system as i said is not just that you have bought something which is happening at the university of pennsylvania where i did my phd or in mit or harvard it's a question of a different educational system and that is not done by delhi what you can do is you fund people you can tell them that listen these funds are given with these conditions if you don't meet those conditions they will be discontinued but on the other hand you have to give them the the freedom and particularly in things like open book examinations unless you reform the educational system it's going to be quite dysfunctional so i think this whole way of administering higher education autonomy and accountability is something that we need to think of a little more uh, i'm leaving aside the ideological question because you know the as somebody said when governments change the only two ministries which are very important those people from power important one is home the other education because in education you really take across your ideology for the long run now how you maintain autonomy then becomes a big question autonomy does not mean irresponsibility it means well defined promises made by your university and it means that they should be held accountable and then you can also adjust their funds or the incentives that you give them accordingly but these are difficult systems to administer and somehow the other we are getting into uh giving uh, short run ad hoc answers like move over to open book examination but you are not able to let the boys sit next to each other or the boys girls so i'm i'm going to ask you uh, in our context where memory has been uh, you know the prime uh, factor in uh, education you know you remember things and you reproduce them so uh, does this mean that suppose you have access to books it will mean uh, less focus and concentration on the part of students contrary wise see an open book exam uh, since the teacher knows that the student doesn't have to remember every little formula i'm taking a physics or a chemistry or whatever uh, you know a science kind of examination or economics for that matter the level of the questions tend generally to be somewhat more challenging so the open book exam also as we've been trying to emphasize it goes with a change in mindset 
if I know that I have to give a closed book exam for two hours, I will give one, I will set one kind of question paper. If I know that it's an open book exam for three hours or ten hours or an overnight exam or what in the US called a take home exam, all these are models that have been tried and tested many times over. But the most difficult exam that I've ever done in my life was a take home exam. I could read any book I wanted. I could, you know, and it was it was one of those typical unsolved problems. Whereas if it is a finite time exam that is proctored and you know supervised in a in a small hall, then I know that I have to give them a question that they can answer with you know 10 minutes or 15 minutes. So the most difficult exams are the ones that are unstructured like this. And again. You know, with all due respect to the UGC and the ministries and so on and so forth, teaching is a local activity. It is between a student and his or her teacher. Professor Alad, so what 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 uh, what innovations are required to make open book examinations effective? Well, the innovations that are required are to have smaller classes. To have more interaction between uh, the teacher and the student, uh, to encourage them to think. You don't say that, you know, uh, you uh, read the X theorem and you go and repeat it in the exam if the question comes. So the boys and girls, they prepare uh, roughly two-thirds of the course because the rest they get in choice. And there's this famous story about this kid who was asked to, uh, who left a particular theorem in choice and that kept on being repeated. So this time uh, he just prepared that theorem and as soon as he got the answer paper, he answered that, but the question didn't come. So that kind of a random process is something that you stop and you encourage, uh, you know, I, I don't mind telling you that uh, at the University of Pennsylvania, the economics department is in Walton. And uh, some of the MBA guys would always be interested in conning a grade. So these fellows would come in three-piece suits. But the economics chaps, they would be wearing jeans. They would come with a broken pencil because they know that when they are taking a lecture by Lawrence Klein, most of it will go above their head. They'll have to go home and they'll have to read it. Now, and then they will understand and maybe the next class they will ask a question if they don't understand something. Now, that kind of an a, a education system which forces people to read and to understand, to raise questions in their own mind, if you have that, then an open book exam is fine. I uh, don't mind telling you one of the classics in economics is Samuelson's Foundations of Economic Analysis. And Samuelson was my teacher, Lawrence Klein's teacher. Klein got a Nobel in econometrics, but not at the time when I was a student. And he was teaching us advanced economic theory. And very hesitantly, I raised my hand. So he said, yes, you're there. So I said, sir. 
on page so and so 236 in the book there is a lemma which I think is a mistake because I kept on working for it for three days and it doesn't make sense. So he put aside his chalk, he put aside what he was doing, says beautiful Yogender, you are the 787th person who has found out that that is a misprint in the foundations of economic analysis and I don't mind telling you that out of the earlier 685 were Japanese and you are one of the few Indians who has found that out. Now you see if that is the kind of teaching that you are doing, you know you, yes open book exams are fine, uh, but not if you are, you know if you want to cover the course, inverted commas, and not every, I mean Ram was my colleague when I was VCJNU, but not every university is JNU Ram, you know that, you've been the Vaishastra of other universities and tried to repeat those conditions. So under the present circumstances, because you are facing a problem, you try to create this, it's like the demonetization thing, there was nothing wrong with it. They said demonetization was done 20 years earlier, but then 20 years earlier it was done with the, a much larger kind of note, but they said, you know, but in 20 years time, that that 100 rupee note was by now worth 20,000 rupees. So if you do these kinds of things, good ideas, without covering the last mile, you are bound to lead to problems for a system. In fact, you are also creating the grounds of a crisis. And then the kids, of course, they don't like it. They come and throw stones at you, at which point your answer is to call in the police rather than to sit down with them and to solve the problem. So I think this is very dysfunctional. Uh, frankly speaking, I hate to use strong words. It's not my style at my age. But I think this whole business of playing around with an education system by people who are not teachers, setting goals themselves, not letting the universities think through the systems that they want can be very dysfunctional. It, it's not, it's not, okay, to use a mild language, it's not recommended. Professor Ramsamy, could you uh, walk us through some of the, uh, you know, existing open book systems around the world? You see, Ananta, the basic open book system uh, is, is a very simple one. A teacher who is teaching a reasonably small class even even a hundred students, let us say, when they decide to give a slightly challenging, I mean, you see, open book exams are never given for the most basic courses. They're almost always for advanced courses where, as Professor Alag has pointed out, it's the thinking ability of the students that is being evaluated and not memorization or rote learning. So we're talking about classes which may be large, but the large means what, 50, 60, something like that. All right. So it's not really um, in vogue for huge classes. You know, beginning undergrad physics or chemistry is never an open book exam. All right. That's point number one. Usually, and uh, this happens, like I said, for advanced um, courses where there are one or two well-defined textbooks. 
Professor Alagir talked about, you know, Samuelson's book or, uh, you know, or, you know, you can say the Feynman lectures or something like that. One, stand, if there is a standard book or a standard set of books, which you expect the classes that have been taught, the students should have gone back and forth in, into the, uh, into these uh, textbooks to learn. So when they come to the examination, it's not as if they've got to learn it for the first time in the exam. The open book, the open book is familiarity, right? Not contempt. Uh, okay, you should be familiar with the book so that you, if you know, you know, if you're given a question where you're supposed to remember, uh, you know, what, what are Heisenberg's equations of motion, you can't be searching through the book and going through the index or something like that. You should be able to almost automatically open it and just quickly go through it and verify, you know, small parts of it. So that's the kind of scenario that one imagines for an open book or your open class notes. You know that, you know, the teacher has covered this in the class and so on. So you understand that this is actually fundamentally incompatible with centrally administered exams, which are given to huge numbers of students. So how do you how do you actually map this on to our system as it exists today? Like I said, and also I think implicit in what Professor Alag has said, leave it to the universities. Because if I you know I, I was at you know he he was at JNU our vice chancellor there I was at the University of Hyderabad. I know which classes are basically compatible with the idea of an open book exam, and I know which classes are not. So, I mean, by I, I, what I mean is that the university system knows these things. When the university, so you must leave it to the autonomy of the university to decide these things. And and that has been uh, greatly eroded in uh, recent times. Would you say? I think that when the university sends out a diktat that every university has to do this and everybody has to fall in line. I personally know that another university, another central university, not Koraput or Hyderabad, but a, a third one, they had worked it out with, with, you know, in close connection with all their teachers. They knew how they were going to run the exam. And then suddenly you get a diktat from UGC saying, no, 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 thou shalt do it in this way. Why? The vice chancellor is very much an honorable man. He is responsible for the education of his students, give him the opportunity to be responsible and hold him accountable, as Professor Alak pointed out. So, uh, I'm just wondering to just give concrete, concrete examples, like uh, would it work with uh, technical education, like for instance at the IITs? It could for the smaller classes. See, at the, at the risk of, uh, you know, telling you something that you know very well, Ananta, what is the purpose, what is it that, uh, you know, the teacher would like a student to learn? There are two kinds of information that any course is supposed to give a student. There is some information which is internal. Every student in mathematics should know without having to think twice that the area of a circle is pi r squared. Okay. Of course, you can work it out from first principles, but you should just know these facts because then you go on. Then there are other facts which are, you know, which are built up upon these internalized facts, which 
are not as essential to internalize because they can be quickly reconstructed. Okay, so every teacher would like you to internalize certain facts and those have to be examined not in the open book style but in a in a way in which which examines the internalization of such knowledge. The other stuff which can be built on internalized facts, that can be examined by an open book exam. Yeah, makes sense, yeah. So, that's, that's what I mean. I mean, this is, this is clearly a part of a longer discussion, but what I'm trying to say is that, yeah. you know, it's not, the UGC will not know it. Do we, do we have any kind of uh, prior uh, discussion on this area at all from a policy level? Have we had anything? Do you know? I mean, both of you can tell us. Not with me, but I don't know, Professor Allard, maybe you have. No, I've not really heard of any systematic discussion, at least in the UGC groups that I've been involved in, as well as uh, uh, in the university setup or in the social science research setup of this kind of a question. I think the closest we came to it was there in a, in a committee in which Ram was also there, which was a committee on plagiarism. Exactly. in the UGC and uh, you know plagiarism becomes easier if you are uh, sort of doing uh, routine kinds of uh, of uh, of uh, um, uh, if you kind doing routine kinds of uh, exams um, but if you're going to do open book exams, then plagiarism is not possible. And I think Ram and us, we said, listen, knowledge sometimes is built by groups. And if knowledge is built by groups, then in a way, if Ram and me and Prabhat Patnaik and three other people are working on the same idea, we would work, you know, it's, it's very difficult to later on get back and say, this is Ramaswamy's idea or this is Alag's idea, or this is Prabhat Patnaik's idea. So, it's it's the context which is the more important issue. Uh, there we did discuss uh, something approximately approaching ideals of examining questions. But other there has been hardly any discussion of open book examination system that I know of. And I think this is another question that it should have been, you should have brought a few teachers together. You should make them uh, bring out a kind of roadmap as to how do you move over to educational reform, particularly examination reform of this kind. Um, because we were not thinking of open book examinations, our educational reform, examination reform has been more along conventional lines. And uh, I think the idea, if you ask me, is a good idea. It could be implemented in uh, smaller places, uh, on a small way, with a round, with a roadmap ahead of you, monitored, experiences shared, and then maybe, at least in the central universities, and some of the presidency universities at the state level, 
we could introduce at maybe honors courses and postgraduate courses in the beginning some of these ideas and later on even have some champions at a younger level uh, you know to be getting into these uh, questions where you think because after all some of the kinds of mathematics I had to study when I was doing my PhD these days you see it in NCERT textbooks so there is advance in knowledge there is no question of, about that and I think we can think about these problems but we should most certainly not rush them because that way a good idea gets a bad name so to wind up uh, I mean uh, I would like your views on what options we have uh, currently you know with all the uh, you know trauma that students are experiencing in terms of what it means the academic year how will it conclude what can what can feasibly what options do we have I mean, if, if I were to, if, you know, as it happens, I've also been teaching a particular course and, uh, you know, some students have done their uh, thesis uh, with me this last semester. I think we've just got to realize that it's a bad, you know, this, this particular semester or this particular year has not gone ideally for anybody, teachers, students, everybody. So whatever we come up with, it will be a one-off, you know, it's a standalone solution. And left to myself, what I would do this year would be to grade them on what they, they have performed so far and give the student one opportunity, uh, you know, either in a take-home format or a, to write an essay or a, you, know, some, you know, something which would be very individual. Uh, so you have the bulk of the grade, let's say, based on their prior performance, plus a small percentage based on some kind of evaluation. But most important is to do it soon and let them have their degrees this year itself, not to ask them to come back at a later point in time or to upload stuff and so on and so forth. That, I think, is really uh, not very humane and it's in fact a little heartless given our present social and infrastructural condition. Dr. Alan, would you like to... Yeah, I think it's a mistake to post like that because, you know, uh, as far as the student is concerned, a year of his life is an important issue and other universities in the country or in the world, they are not going to wait for the fact that you haven't been able to conduct an examination system. They'll want the kids' academic trans transcript. So, uh, we should sort of, uh, you know, bite the bullet. We should try and find an answer to this question. We are going through a very difficult time. It is nobody's stand to say that the coronavirus should be ignored. Lives are extremely important. And yet within that, we have to try and maneuver our uh, needs. I think making the kids lose a year is a terrible cost. And we should not go in for that at all. 
the answer is not going to be to bring out from the air, from the clouds as it were, open book exams, but somehow or the other to go through the difficult process of uh, making them uh, answer online papers maybe uh, in a supervised context. I mean, after all, uh, there are exams in the world where you tick mark answers and there are techniques known of, you know, because the marking then becomes very severe. If you have made fewer mistakes, but much less marks, even as compared to an open book, as compared to a closed book exam. But uh, uh, those kinds of systems, uh, we'll have to experiment with these at different times. We can't uh, really ignore the fact that lives are at stake. At the same time, in critical sectors like education and agriculture, I think we have to find the ways out that our losses are minimized, rather than all of a sudden from the clouds introduce system which is going we know we take more problems rather than solve those problems there is uh, no way of dodging complex problems and this is a complex problem Dr. Ramsamy, I, I'd also like to know I mean you know uh, uh, when you take the definition of open book now. It's less reliant on technology than the concept of how, you know, cognition works in terms of materials that you access. Would that be a correct thing to say? No, it's, it's as reliant on technology because today the books are not, even the books are going to be digital, right? So, um, and the books could physically be anywhere. Alright, so um, see, technology is in the background. Right, but in, but if you have a solution like the present uh, solution, which asks the student to upload their answers to a particular portal, and you know all those things, that's where the infrastructure comes in. But for the example, say the book can be a physical book. It could it need not be a physical book. It could be a digital book or virtual. Right. So that has to be part of the planning in the sense that oh, you have to guide. Got to you can't you see the part solution the teacher. Sorry, Rosa, like you have to involve the teacher. Yeah. Sure. Professor Alan? Yeah. Yeah, you know the point here is that take Delhi University. Ninety percent of the kids will find it very easy to access what we are talking about. But there will be children who will have difficulties. Now, when they build up a system in the university office, they will say for them, this is the alternative that we have. But for the child, it means going to the university office. It means asking for those facilities. Or take time when they are under the kind of pressure where, you know, uh, taking away another five days means that they will be losing the marks with which they'll be getting better admission somewhere else. So when you change systems, it's not just enough to say, 
The technology is there. The question really is, will you do sufficient detail such that the, you cover the last mile in the case of that student who doesn't have all the facilities? Not everybody has a laptop. So those kids might be 12% of the population, but their needs have to be looked into. Yeah. I'm sorry, there is an education. These are the kinds of important issues. I, Ram might remember when we were in JNU, many of our children at the postgraduate, and it was a postgraduate university, they would be getting fellowships. But the fellowship money would start coming by the time it was October. Meanwhile, the hostel wardens wanted the money in July and August because they had to prepare three meals a day. And if the kid didn't have any, they would chuck her or out. And what we used to be doing all the time is to be giving them some months. I remember my wife checking up my savings account and saying, that child will get his fellowship in October and she will return it. So, you see, these are the kind of problems which you have to take care of in a functioning education system. How will that disadvantaged child be able to cope up with this particular kind of a portal? It's okay. Uh, all the kids who come from Columbus in Columbus or wherever, they have no problems. They've probably been working even before they're graduated from school. But the lowest decile of children, are they able to manage? So these are the kinds of issues that you have look, to look into. And I'm sorry, education is not uh, a subject which can be tampered with unless you really get into the details of covering the last mile when you bring about changes, and these things take time. So, any concluding thoughts, Dr. Ramaswamy? I, I really hope that the minister and the UGC will, all, you know, will listen not just to what we are saying, but will also listen to the students, the voice of the students and the voices of the Vice-Chancellors. Those are real and genuine uh, concerns. And they really amplify what both Professor Alag and I have been saying, that education is a local matter. Please trust universities, vice chancellors to get over this crisis. For the long run, we need to have longer discussions and there's a great opportunity to change the way in which we have been leading so far. Perfect. Thank you so much. So, Professor Alag, any, any last thoughts? Well, the same thing that I think the more important issue is to work out the details, to have some kind of a perspective, to then try and move towards that. At the same time, to have consultations, to have consultations with teachers' groups, to have consultations with parent-teacher relationships, with parents and users, and us to have consultations with vice chancellors and educationists, and then bring about these changes. Let me be very clear that I think an open book examination system in selected universities 
it's a very good thing to aim at but please remember that our present educational system and examination system leads to some tremendous costs uh the child is under a lot of strain he, he or she has to do a lot of memorization and that might have been all right at a beginning stage of education but it's most certainly not required as they move over uh and these almost a quarter of them get into higher education so the reform is good but any reform which is brought in only by theory and not by working out the details in covering the last mile is going to create problems so that is the name of the game as i said give autonomy to the ones who are supposed to bring about the reform hold them accountable and if they are not uh if they don't measure up fact them if they do give them the results that they need you know i can say this because all shastras in the country had one term of 3 years but the vc jnu had only one term of 5 years so he was accountable to nobody at the end of the 5th year he simply picked up his blanket and walked out but uh, otherwise the systems are accountable and i think we need to uh, work within those systems rather than bringing out some of these solutions in a very sort of frankly not well thought out manner thank you very much thank you for sparing the time good thing you brother alike thank you